Hello there and a very warm welcome to Des's Island Discs. In a hectic world, this is a little oasis of calm and nostalgia from our guests who choose pieces of music that remind them of a particular time or story from their life or career. Now, if you're listening on podcast, we cannot play the music because of copyright laws. But really, this is about stories. So let's hear them. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. And today's visitor to the island is Dublin soprano Claudia Boyle, whose work obviously ground to a halt because of COVID, but who has been inventively finding a way around it with five minutes episodes going out this last month on RTE. T- tell us about it, Claudia. Yeah, well, um, hats off to Irish National Opera. They, along with so many other opera companies now, have to think outside the box. We were due to do this production of the abduction from the Seraglio in the Gaiety. And of course, that couldn't happen with social distancing and all of that kind of thing. So what they decided was to do a mini series of the opera, just snippets of the opera recorded from our homes on our phones. Um, and it's been going great. I have to say, great response. Uh, I enjoyed doing it. Listen, I, I was kind of starved of art for the yeah. for so many weeks. And once you don't have something, you really realise how much you miss it. I mean, as with anything. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's it's been quite fun. It's been challenging. It hasn't been the easiest thing to do either. I mean, opera isn't really made for singing into your phone at home. And it's been actually a long process. So we would have to, I would discuss maybe my aria with the conductor, then how I want to sing it. Then he'll put a track down. He sends me the track. I have to sing to the track in my ears, record on another phone, send it back. And then all of the orchestra have to record individually as well. And then we all put it together. And uh, yeah, so it's a long it's, process. It's a huge, but isn't that brilliant creativity, though, at the same time? It is, you know, and I think, I suppose, not only with COVID, but, you know, just moving technological advances. I think, you know, recording from home and I think processes like this are something that we do have to look at. And, and COVID has kind of made us do that. Um, certainly not a replacement for the real thing, sure. because I think you cannot get that feeling you get in a theatre. But certainly I enjoyed doing it. I was just longing to do something. And also, I think the Irish company were great to support artists because it, it gave us a job. Yeah. It gave us part of a job, at least. Yeah. Um, so we were very, very grateful for that. And when COVID arrived, you you were out of the country. I was, yeah. I was working in Antwerp uh, in Belgium and um, I was in the middle of Beethoven concerts over there. And it was just kind of all breaking at the time. And we had done one of the concerts and I was to do two more. But actually, they didn't happen. Um, So everything really just started breaking around then. And I managed to change a flight really quickly and just got home as fast as I could. So, yeah, I've been home since. And, And what have you missed out on? I've missed out, God, I've missed out on a good few concerts now. I mean, obviously the remaining concerts over in Belgium, a couple of recitals here. I obviously missed out on performing in the Gaiety, which I was so looking forward to. Uh, a nice recital with the pianist Finning Collins during the summer. And then what really hurt Des was uh, concerts in Carnegie Hall due to happen in the autumn and also uh, my debut at Minnesota Opera. Oh, so it was yeah. literally, listen, I'm not more important than anyone else. Everybody's been in the same same boat but, but they're huge landmarks lockdown. the American ones I, I was yeah. looking forward to them I have to say and especially Carnegie Hall I was really looking forward to but you know it'll happen again fingers crossed have you sang there before no I haven't it, it was on the bucket list ah, so of course it was yeah. yeah yeah but you know listen everybody's been the same um, I think the first cancellation email 
yeah, I was a bit upset about it. But then by the by the 10th email, you're just like, oh, well, yeah, no, <laughs> same old, same old, you know. And were, were family going to go to Carnegie Hall, for instance? Oh, I think they would have made yeah. it over. Yeah, I would think I would have so. gotten yeah, yeah. yeah a couple of people to come over. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. And uh, yeah, you have to look at the positives. Certainly, I've gotten a lot of in my profession. You don't you value the time at home. So I have to say, well, it's been upsetting and uh, certainly listening to stories. I mean, there was a time there when I actually just I had to stop listening to the news mm. because it, it can get in on you. Um, but you have to focus on the positives. Time with family, time at home. Uh, and you have a young baby. I do. Yeah. Beautiful little angel. Uh, and she is an angel. In fact, I just call her the angel. That'll change. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, she, um, gorgeous baby. Very good baby. And uh, I love being around her. And so that's a bit of a... A bonus. Oh, they keep you occupied, Des. Yeah. That is for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and she's at this stage now where she's walking around with the hands in the air and, oh, you know, they look like little drunk people. <laughs> uh, so it's great. Yeah. But if you had missed that, that's the other, that's the kind of consolation for missing out on the Hugely. On the I mean, yeah. th- I, I've been reveling in that and, you know, I'm kind of amazed by her every day and what she does. And yeah. so a huge, huge bonus. When you mention your family, they were... You grew up in a musical or a theatre. You were given a broad education in theatre, weren't you, by your family? Yeah, I was. Like, I, I was really fortunate that um, certainly my mum was very proactive in getting me to do everything that I wanted. And I, I suppose she saw that in me from a young age. I loved acting, so she got me straight into Betty Ann Norton Theatre School. And actually, uh, Betty Ann actually recently passed away, which is mm. very sad. But um, And she had a huge legacy. And I just loved going into her each week I mean it was the highlight of my week was and it? yeah telling my mum what happened and what we did in class and what age were you roughly oh god I was young enough I mean maybe seven yeah. I think I started and then I also did music as well and, and I played a lot of instruments um, and I just loved it and it's funny from the outside in you, you might have thought pushy parents or something like that but it was actually all me I mean I, I remember asking her well I want to do this and I want to do this and and you know Des it's expense and it's time yes. but she yeah she, she she really let me do everything I want and experience it so yeah and the great. instruments you learned as a youngster oh well I started on piano and then I also played flute and then I did the cello and then I decided mm. to do cello really seriously actually I did it as my degree uh, course but then it was halfway through the degree course that I was just, you know, in college, you might play for operas and musicals and all of that thing. And I was always in the pit playing and looking up on the stage, kind of going, God, I think I want to be up there. I don't want to be down here. So, um, yeah, I was halfway through that and I was going for part time singing lessons at the time that I just said, no, I want to be on the stage. And I decided singing is what I wanted to do. And then I did a master's in singing. Went over to the Salzburg Opera Festival where I kind of really, really learned my craft and, and got me, it really got the ball, ball rolling for my career as well because it's it's a great place to be. But it's 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 a tough business to go into, isn't it? Oh, it's really tough. I mean, it's competitive and it's hugely competitive. Mm. And especially if you're a soprano. I mean, I remember auditioning for the opera studio in London. I, I never actually took my place there. But um, yeah, there was I think there was five times the amount of sopranos than any other voice type. So, oh, wow. you know, yeah, there's a lot of sopranos out there. So hugely competitive. But again, you that do didn't put you off in any way. No, I mean, I am competitive. I, I'm, I'm a competitive person. I mean, hopefully nicely competitive, but I yeah. am. Yeah, certainly with myself, I'm very competitive. Yeah, and I think that's the best way to be. So your first musical choice. 
my first an opera piece. musical choice, yeah, is an opera piece. And actually, do you know, I, I brought in uh, this little thing that I'm going to talk about now, but um, to show you. But uh, yeah, one of the big memories for me, certainly as a young uh, professional, uh, was winning the Maria Callas competition in Verona. And um, yeah, I went over Fantastic. and there was a lot of there was a lot of entries for it and a lot of Italians as well. And uh, I had. You know, I'd sung well. I was really happy with it. And then when I got the first prize, then her family actually came up on stage and awarded me with her miraculous medal. Now, as a young singer, I was just I love Maria Callas. I mean, she's a legend. Everybody knows her. She did great things for mm-hmm. opera and certainly her life um, while sad. I mean, I, I think she eventually really died of a broken heart, really, after on Onassis died. I think it was two years previously. Um, but she gave everything to her art and you believed every word that she sung. And uh, so to have her Miraculous Medal now, it just really... God, it, it gave me such encouragement. I'm not to sound cheesy. I mean, it's not all about winning. I mean, certainly it's, it's about taking part, but... When when something like that does happen, it's a lovely boost. Of course you know? it is. Yeah, it's a lovely boost of confidence. So it really pushed me to, I think, have the career and, and really go for it. And yeah, so it's very close to my heart. So the first choice is from the opera La Traviata, which is a role, um, the role of Violetta. I sing a lot and I actually sang the aria over there as well. And um, here we hear Violetta singing Sempre Libera, which basically means always free. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. And Claudia, the joy of a success in winning that competition in Verona, for instance, yeah. there's competition and then there's the auditions, which is competition as well. Yeah. Um, do you get used to competing for a play and not getting, you know, a part? Or Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody, you know, always hears of the, of the good things yeah. and, and for every role you get this rejection and you just have to get used to that and accept that and you know try harder get feedback I, there's countless auditions I've gone to that I haven't mm. gotten the role um, I've always asked for feedback I mean that's something I'm very interested to hear why didn't you know yeah. uh, not that I, I was outraged at not getting it but I, I, I would always like to know what was the reason and, and, and how could I improve on that so yeah that's really important but there must be times you think I was good enough for that or I was as good as her of course. It's a, it's a human thing, isn't it? It is a human thing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I mean, the great thing about singing is it's so subjective. So, you know, you can have this wonderful opera singer, but you just mightn't like her voice. It mightn't mm, be the sure. type of voice that you like. It might be a bit dark or, you know, it might be a bit shrill. So it's very sub- subjective. And But I also think that's wonderful. I think, you know, you're so authentic because your voice is your instrument and it's not like any other mm. voice. I mean, there might be voices similar, but no one has the biology that you mm. have in your throat that is so authentic and it's it's you. Yeah. 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 It's And when you want feedback, do you ask for feedback at home or do you keep it professional? Would you say, how did you think I sounded tonight? Or I mean, the thing is, I mean, the older I get, the more I trust myself. And I mm. think that's only something that comes with age. You know, when you're younger, you might need that reassurance mm. and look for it. And certainly I used to a lot more. But now after a performance, I, I know if I've done well. You know, I, 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 I feel it. Yeah. And uh, if there's something that hasn't 
gone my way. Yeah, I mean, deep down, I think people do. I think people really deep down know themselves. But it's learning to kind of trust yourself. Um, I certainly listen back to myself a lot. And that was an interesting thing with the uh, Seralia project that I had to listen to myself on my phone singing a cappella in my house. I mean, that is good practice. Yeah. You, you hear all the flaws. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's great. Just trust yourself and listen to yourself. Yeah. And when, save when you're doing that recording for the phone for that RT series. Music. Yeah. Is there a particular time of day when your voice is better? I mean, could you do it in the morning or? You could do it in the morning. Yeah. Your I mean, voice wouldn't be affected. It depends on the yeah. how, how, how much you slept. <laughs> it depends if yeah. you had a glass of Prosecco yeah, the night yeah. before, you know, but definitely it's better to sing later on in the day, certainly. And Why I, is that, by the way? Oh, it just takes your voice a little bit of time to wake up. I mean, certainly when you wake up, do you not feel a little bit oh, groggy yeah, and yeah, yeah. Your, your muscles have relaxed all throughout mm. the night? You might have been asleep with your mouth open, kind of air coming right onto your cores. They might be a bit dry. Uh, God, I sound like such a singer now, but no, all I know of those that, reasons. And therefore, is, is sleep and how you sleep important to you? Yeah, hugely. Still sleep is everything. But like, not only just for singing, sleep is everything for how you are, your mood, your mental health. Sleep is just so important. Mm. But certainly for voice, yeah, sleep is just so important. Um, and I think sleeping then, you know, little things like sleeping with the window open, sleeping in a cool room, you're going to get a better night's sleep. It's better for your voice, hydration, everything like that. Yeah. So you would sleep with a window open? Always. Yeah, I actually sleep better in a cool room and it's actually much better for your voice as well. Yeah. Now an insight into yeah, singer's life. <laughs> Very precious. <laughs> now, your, your second musical choice, Claudia, couldn't be more different. Uh, no. So Maria Callas, we're going to Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, um, my husband is a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. And like we always say in the opera world, if you're not married to a, an, an, an artist, you're married to a civilian. You're married <laughs> to a normal person. Um, but it's something that I, I love. I relish. Um, I'm, I'm not sure I could could have been married to an artist. I, I, I love a break from it. I love a change of scene. And well, certainly, listen, you can't. You have no choice over who you fall in love with. Yeah. But and he was certainly uh, the person for me. And he, yeah, he loves Bruce Springsteen. And I always say there was three people in this marriage and Bruce was the third. Oh yeah, so there's a backdrop. <laughs> now, I don't mind Bruce being, being the third, I have to say. No, you could have a lot worse than Bruce. You could absolutely. have a lot worse. Yeah. I mean, you could have Cisco singing the Thong song or something like that. <laughs> but no, I remember when Dave was 40, I surprised him with a trip to New York. He knew nothing about it. I mean, I think all of Dublin knew about it, but he knew nothing about it. And I left little clues, um, you know, on the laptop that we share pages to a hotel in Kerry. So he literally thought I was driving him down to Kerry. And even the girls at the post office when I was collecting the dollars said, oh, does he know yet? Does he have any idea? So I flew him over to New York and we saw Bruce Springsteen on Broadway. And Fantastic. he was just, and it was so funny because John Travolta was sitting behind us. You're kidding. Yeah. So I said, no. John Travolta didn't even get the seats we got, Dave. So, no, and it was a great night. So that would be a fairly intimate concert by Springsteen yeah. standards. Oh, it was amazing because it was, yeah, it was a small theatre. Yeah. And Dave has got, he's brought me to loads of Bruce Springsteen concerts throughout our relationship. And it was the smallest venue. And I have to say, I mean, Dave probably won't like me saying this, but when he stepped in and he saw how small it was, he just kind of welled up because oh, it was really emotional for him. I mean, he's just loved... Bruce Springsteen's music yeah. and certainly when I go and see a performer I mean obviously I'm I'm looking at it from maybe a different point of view from an opera point of view I'm looking at boring things like maybe tuning and all that kind yeah, of thing yeah. and, and, and you can't help that but I was mesmerised by him I, oh he's incredible yeah. I mean I, I, I he was actually like in the live performance it was like listening to a, a CD and 
I just think, yeah, I, to have that kind of artist is is wonderful. And I hope we continue to have the kind of artist that yeah. Bruce is. And um, yeah, just being up close and personal was, was something very special. And I suppose with my job, Dave has been so patient, um, as you have to be with being away and everything. Mm. And I've missed so many important family events. I've missed baptisms, communes, all of that kind of thing. Um, and Dave would have been at home with me not there so it was a lovely thing to be able to do for him and um, yeah and which track then is well it's a personal favourite of mine I mean at at the end of our wedding we we had Waiting on a Sunny Day Um, so there's one one of the most requested songs on this programme by the way Waiting on a Sunny Day no way that and Christy Moore are you serious well, my my personal favourite is Hungry Heart. I just love the way this kicks in. And from the from the outset, it just puts me in a great mood. And uh, Bruce is also a wonderful lyricist. I mean, yeah. and, you know, he just really speaks to you and his lyrics speak to you. And then this wonderful music and voice on, on top of it puts me in a great mood. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. You mentioned Springsteen as a great lyricist. Mm-hmm. And your third musical choice... Oh, also, yeah. Also a great lyricist. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the genius of Billy Joel, or as Irish people say, Joel. Yeah, Why yeah. do we say that? Why do we say Joel? I don't know. I, I've always known as as Billy Joel. Well, Billy Joel is the correct pronunciation, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I, I think it's the correct pronunciation, is, but, but you kind of second guess yourself in Ireland. Well, I did 20 years <laughs> of Billy Joel as well in France. Oh, did you? I remember in Croke Park once, he, he did when... Uh, between, it was before the new Hogan stand was built anyway they, they had built one new stand in Croke Park and you would got the escalators down a big steep stand magnificent new stand yeah. I remember one of my kids was with me and so the advert for a Billy Joel and Elton John they were playing together yeah. in Croke Park oh, yeah. so they had the, because it was a big deep escalator going down rather than the banner going across the banner went down Oh yeah. so it was on one side, Billy Joel, Billy written above Joel, and the other Elton John. You know, oh, uh, yeah. you know, written and the name. And my son said, "Who's Billy Elton?" <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> um, but that's great. But I you mentioned it. his lyrics, so and uh, yeah, this song just really speaks to me. I mean, I had my first child, baby girl, uh, back last May, so she's she's coming up to fourteen months now, yeah. thirteen months, fourteen months, and. Um, yeah, I, I I don't want to harp on about it too much, but it it, it completely changes you. It, it, course, it changes yeah. everything about you. And you don't know that kind of love. I mean, to be very cheesy, you don't know that kind of love maybe on, on, until you've had a child. Um, and it's just so profound, so special. Um, and you learn so many things about, I mean, I've, I've learned so much about myself. I mean, that patience that I, I never knew I had. Um, but uh, yeah. Maybe you didn't have it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you had to find it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, you find it from from somewhere. But yeah. I mean, the delight in hearing the first laugh and, and, and everything like that. And you're just, I mean, kids are hard work. They're absolutely mm. hard work. I mean, I won't say they're not. But, you know, you're, I think the what they give you back is just this amazement of their existence every day. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. And certainly, yeah. And it's funny, like a, a lot of singers as well find that their voices have changed after pregnancy and all of that kind of thing. I didn't really find that. In mm. fact, I, I, I find I'm singing my best. I I, I I think I've found 
a new voice and it's it's exciting it's it's so i she's given me so much on mm-hmm. every level and this song really speaks to me um i've always thought of my mom when i think of this song as well she's got a way about her billy joe yeah. um i don't know what it is but i know that i can't live without her i mean those lyrics well they might sound simple they're anything but mm. you know they just get to the core of of love and just complete mesmerization of of this woman or girl and yeah a, a million dreams of love surround her anyway is there anything mm. more beautiful than that do you sing billy joel type songs as well i do yeah, do yeah yeah i do um well, you must be great at a party <laughs> <laughs> it's funny i always get asked to sing opera at, 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 at a party oh, and yeah, yeah or like uh well, people will ask me people to sing would. barcelona or yeah. certainly at my wedding we sang uh, the whole of Bohemian Rhapsody from start <laughs> to finish at about two in the morning. Um, but yeah, I think it's, listen, it's a bit of crack. I mean, you, you, you kind of have to look after your voice as well. Certainly if, if, if you sing too much while you're drinking as well, that's that's obviously not the best thing either. But sure. yeah, I love all different kinds of music. And that's, I suppose, a gift that Dave has given to me as well, because he, I mean, hopefully I've, I've introduced him to opera in some way. And he, he, he does love opera as well. Um, but he has introduced me to so many wonderful pieces of, of, of music and this is absolutely one of them yeah and just before we hear it just on that uh, opera in Ireland is it a bit elitist or is it seen as a bit elitist or yeah I think so I think it can be um, certainly the demographic of operas is, is a lot older I mean if you go to any opera house opera tickets are expensive and it's not because I suppose Opera is very expensive to put on. I mean, you have a huge orchestra uh, with, you know, so sometimes 70, 80 players in it. Wow. Then you have uh, the solos, you have a chorus. A chorus can be huge. You have all the backstage people, yeah. uh, conductor, director, choreographer. Yes. It's, yeah. it's limitless, yeah. you know. So it is very expensive to put on. I think opera companies are really trying their 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 best to make it accessible. Certainly there are incentives that were, for instance, when I was singing at English National Opera every Wednesday, I think they, they do this Opera Virgins night where you can get a cheaper ticket and, you know, it, it, it might be idea. a Friday yeah. or Saturday, yeah. but you can get a cheaper ticket on Wednesday yeah. if, if you want to come in. So I think there's loads of incentives like that. And Irish National Opera do have a touring part of their company as well that, mm. that go to smaller venues. And we actually did that with the Tales of Hoffman last year. And that was really successful. And it's great. You know, people mightn't always be able to come up to Dublin. Of course. So it's Hotel. a great way and all that are a big expense on top of the the tickets for people so I I think it's yeah I think it's an ongoing battle to try and make it more accessible but yeah that's it alright well listen Mm. we wish you continued success and and when it's all back God knows when it'll be back but fingers crossed fingers crossed yeah. yeah I mean I think I'm writing off this year really work wise yeah. I think I have to a bit because you don't want to keep on getting upset with emails coming yeah, in know, telling you I this know. isn't happening so right off the year look at the look at the pros uh, family time which actually on another occasion I'd only be dying to get home mm. and now I have it so it's 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 okay. great um, fingers crossed opera will eventually get back to where it should right. be well Claudia Boyle it's been lovely chatting with you I've really enjoyed it you thank too, you very Des. much for joining us Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1.